0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of iconic test series in this episode we will look back at the 1981 ashes series between england and australia in the previous two ashes series in 1977 and 1978-79 england came out as the victors winning 3-0 and 5-1 respectively during this time the cricketing world experienced a seismic shift with the introduction of carrie packer's world series of cricket in 1977. this disrupted the australian team with some players joining World Series of Cricket and others deciding to stay loyal to the Australian cricket board. As for England, Ian Botham had taken over the captaincy in 1980 and his side has suffered two back-to-back series defeats to the West Indies home and away in the build-up to the 1981 series, causing conversation as to whether Ian Botham should remain as captain. Joining me to discuss this series is Matthew Engel. Matthew is a journalist who wrote for The Guardian for nearly 25 years, as well as edited the 1993 to 2000 and 2004 to 2007 editions of the Wisden Cricketers' Almanac. This is Iconic Test Series. Matthew, I just wanted to start with uh, the build up to the series. Obviously, um, England had a change of captaincy uh, in the 1980s. Obviously, Ian Botham taking over from uh, Mike Brearley, uh, but also suffered a couple of defeats to the West Indies, one home and one away series. Um, as for Australia, they were going through a bit of, let's say, a bit of turmoil themselves. Obviously, the Kerry Packer and the World Series of cricket kind of broke up uh, the Australian team. Obviously, people like Rod Marsh, Dennis Lilly. Uh, Played in the World Series of Cricket, whereas Captain Kim Hughes stayed loyal to the um, Australian Cricket Board. Basically, what I'm asking is, who were kind of the favourites going in? Because there are a lot of uh, a lot of uh, difficulties for both teams going into the series.
1: Well, there are an awful lot of things to um, to pick out there. Uh, It had been a very traumatic time for cricket, right through from the beginning of the packer affair um and all the fallout from that and the game was not in a good place and the series as i recall and we are talking now 42 years ago is that right was pretty low key to start with And there was something very fatalistic about England losing the first test. Uh, And there were no expectations. Now, in that, you had the Botham captaincy crisis when Mike Brearley, for reasons that some might think were less than totally honourable decided not to face the West Indies uh, then at the, the peak of their powers and both of them was given the job which was the start of a it, it was the start of a sequence that has occasionally happened when England cricket is at its most desperate where They choose as captain the um, big man, the star turn, the bad boy, and think that he will turn from Prince Hal into Henry V. Now, this failed dramatically with both of them. It failed later with Flintoff uh, and um, now appears to be Succeeding at least on some levels with Stokes, but it's it's become a very known uh, 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 um, sign of desperation. Um, Nasser Hussain was to some extent also in that category, because no one ever saw him as a captain, and that worked out well. But both of them, because was a disaster. He was not mature enough. He was not capable enough of uh, everything the captaincy involved. Um, and um, he was very wild indeed. and the whole thing was falling apart. They gave him one more test at um, so he started with uh, yeah, there was a disaster at Trent bridge uh and then um lords wasn't lost but he was about to be fired and he got his retaliation in first so really was not necessarily the the obvious choice at that point because he had uh, sort of excused himself from 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 the duty and lived, in fact um you know, there was some thought that Keith Keith Fletcher would be made the captain but they went they they they, they went for Brearley, and um, the rest is history
0: mm. and um obviously before the ashes series uh, started um the ECB gave uh both them the captaincy on a game by game basis has i uh, from your recollection has has this ever kind of happened Prior to this, and what do you think this kind of did for the morale of the rest of the team, giving both them the captaincy on a game by game basis?
1: Oh, it was all it, it was regularly on a game by game basis or a two or three game basis. The captaincy was not a long term job, in the way that it has become. That was it. It, it was very common for captains to be given. Uh, a couple of games. and the the England captaincy was you know kind of a, 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 a national pastime when cricket was uh, much more in the public eye than it is nowadays. For start, it was on television, and uh, newspapers d- d- devoted much more space to it. Football was less intrusive in the summer. And the England captaincy was a great guessing game as to who it would be, and uh, the number of times that Colin Cowdery became captain and was uh, and, and then dropped again um, was quite remarkable. Uh, he, in fact, captain England dozens of times. Uh, but uh, never led them on the tour of Australia because somehow something always went went wrong. There was the great affair of when Brian Close was made captain and was a huge success, 1966. Uh, and uh, was a huge success and made England much more competitive against the West Indies, but um, was... Fired after an incident involving a spectator at Edgbaston in a county match, so these things were going on all the time. And the idea of putting both them on a very short leash was not at all unusual.
0: Just coming into the first test, obviously you mentioned um, Australia won that by um, four wickets at Trent Bridge, um, but obviously it seems as if. Both them and England's form coming into it kind of uh, portrayed onto the portrayed onto the game itself. There are a lot of drop catches. How much was the the lack of morale and confidence in the team showing? I guess to the audience, especially in that first test match.
1: You know, it it was not an Ashes series that had very much interest. It was a, uh, the team had been played badly. They had gone back to really because they they managed to persuade him to do it on a very short-term basis. And um, there were very few expectations. The team was not a particularly strong or charismatic one. And um, once they'd lost the first test, people were people were really you know had no expectations at all and that continued right up to the fourth day at headingley that there were no expectations and indeed the person with fewest expectations was probably both them who uh, who had given up all hope and and just went out and had a whack. And the consensus is, and I think from my TV viewing, was that simply it was not a great innings technically. It was just that everything worked. He had, he had given up and he and Dilly just decided they'd give it a go. And of course, we were at this 500 to one situation, which has gone into folklore um, with Lily and Marsh having placed five pounds bet, five pound bet on England at 500 to one, which also reverberates down down the years. It's Stanley on that. The Australian opinion And I remember having a drunken row in, I think, a Tasmanian bar with one of my Australian colleagues who said that it was perfectly acceptable to do that. It was they were just having a laugh. They couldn't possibly it couldn't possibly have affected uh, their game. Now, I am a punter. I do bet on cricket and. I don't take a moralistic stand on this, except on betting against your own team,
0: in which you're playing. And I thought it was a disgrace then, and
1: I think it's a disgrace now.
0: Just before that Headingly test um, at uh, Lords, obviously one of the biggest contentions, even though it was a, a fairly rain affected draw, was both uh, getting a pair, and obviously uh, him losing the captaincy, and uh, obviously as you as you mentioned, Mike Breely, um coming back. Out of retirement, was this move considered quite risky, considering that his his batting average wasn't quite as good as other top order batsmen? And do you was there a perception that him coming back into the side would affect the balance of the team? It, I think there
1: was just relief that the Botham era. He was the <laughs> Boris Johnson of cricket, uh, but it had been a, it, it had been a terrible time. He'd been a rotten captain. Uh, couldn't do it. And um, I think there was relief that Brearley had come back to add stability because he had given that before. But was there any expectation that the series could be turned around? Not a lot.
0: What I've just said to the chairman is that I feel that it's unfair on myself and on the team to continue on a one match basis, because um, I I don't know what's happening and the team doesn't know what's happening. Um, and then obviously we've mentioned the, um, we've mentioned the Hadley t- test um, as for most of the, most of the game Australia in the Senate obviously scoring 401 uh, in the first innings. And again, um, England had to follow on uh, in England's second innings, they were looking in trouble and at 135 for seven, Graham Dilley joined Ian Botham. And obviously I think you, you were in the Lord's press box covering a Middlesex game at the time. Um, but from that o- point on, what was, that, was there any hope for England? Obviously you mentioned the 500 to one and um, Rod Marsh and Dennis Hilly betting on the game. What Just describe kind of the partnership and how, how it changed the, how it changed the morale, essentially, for English fans? I think
1: the partnership did change the morale. It was a fight back, but all along. It was seen uh, something more like the Charge of the Light Brigade. It, 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 it was not going to change events. And you know, yes, it yes, it was it was a great display of bravado and fun, but it was it was perceived to be in a lo- losing cause. And I did not break off seriously from uh, watching the game at lords so so the fourth day was the monday the fourth day was the monday well i i would have been i would have been at lords on the monday There there was there was a small television in the corner in the back corner of the press box but i don't think on the monday i was that Tuned to it, yes, it would have been on probably without the sound, and would have been noticing that things were that things were going on, which was yes, very nice. But so what? It was only on the Tuesday morning that people suddenly realised, and I think this would have been exactly true at headingley as well, that something strange was happening, and that this thing was possible. And that is also that is certainly true inside the the team. And incidentally, there's very interesting stuff about what was about the relations between the players and the press at that point, and the very strange reaction of the team when they did win. That's uh, this is this is this is a very interesting point. But it's, but but anyway, the Monday was fun, and I, I suspect that, that if, you, if 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 you're looking at the papers for that date, you'd see you, you, you'd see that it was uh, treated that way. Um, it was they'd given they, they, they they'd given Australia a bloody nose, but nobody perceived that they had changed the direction of the game. <coughs>
0: mm, and um. Yes, obviously both them and Dilly got them into a, a decent position, but they're still. Um, well, you know, it wasn't <laughs>
1: decent. They only nobody considered a hundred and whatever it was to win. Um, with all that time to spare, was uh, uh, what was actually changing the change the game it may may have changed it from 500 to one but no one thought that england were
0: going to win Mm -hmm. um including i'm sure lillian marsh (laughs) um but i guess someone that kind of let's say took over the baton uh from both and was bob willis um taking 8 43 um obviously he was he was under a bit of pressure in that match um i don't think he was originally selected in the squads people were saying oh he may be over the hill um but he seemed to be kind of just so laser focused in that spell um just describe the pressure he was under and his place in the squads and for him to do and for him to bowl such a spell like that
1: well <laughs> some of these things are very hard to explain and one of the amazing things about cricket and ashes cricket in particular because we're seeing it all over again is that improbable things can happen almost impossible things can happen and sometimes they just defy normal gravity it happened in 1981 it happened in 2005 it's happening in many ways with the outcome still unclear in 2023 and it does it it can happen and that's the, the the beauty of the game and a lot of this stuff isn't isn't rational but there is something about desperation that uh, can you know, changes people at out, people's outlook. If you stop worrying about something and stop trying too hard and stop worrying about failure, there is, I think, something that can apply elsewhere in human endeavors, that you can do remarkable things. It's not necessarily a recipe for general success in life, uh, but it uh, but it can happen. It's like the old cliche in the in, 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 in the films. It's a long shot, but it might just work. Okay. And I think that's how we have to regard Bob, Bob Willis. I think also there is something about the way the Australians play cricket, traditionally play cricket, that makes it hard for them in those situations. Now, there, there are remarkable statistics about what happens in close ashes test matches. And the. um where the heck was the first test this year? Uh, oh, this year. Uh, Edgbaston. Yeah, yeah. the Edgbaston test this year was, in fact, an exception of Australia winning a very close game. And that is the first time that they have won a game of that kind of closeness um, for, for, for many, many years. They tend to be at their worst in run chases, Uh, and i think for a long time that was because they had less they played less one day cricket than english county players who were used to these kind of situations Uh, so it wouldn't it wouldn't be true now but again and again we have seen that australia in those situations with a small total to chase find it Harder than English teams. And it was certainly true in 1981. And I think once that inning started to fall apart, the team started to fall apart. And Willis was inspired. What else can I say?
0: Mm. And obviously, that brought the series back to one on, uh, one all, sorry, uh, moving on to uh, Edgbaston. And um, it, was, it was a fairly low-scoring game uh, with no no batsman mm-hmm. passing fifty. But one one man that obviously stood out was uh, Ian Botham taking five for eleven, and I believe um, in twenty-eight balls, Ian Botham took five wickets for just the one run. Just at this point, how much had the, um, the had him or oh, relinquishing the captaincy kind of inspired his his overall performance? I mean, it was clear obviously in the in the first game. Um, sorry, in the third test, as well as this one, just how much had the shackles as as such been released at this point?
1: Well, you have to go with the legend. It is really hard to know, and particularly with this about what, who, what really caused what. But I think that has to be true. And everything that was said at the time is the most logical assessment for what happened, that Botham was released from care, given the freedom to be himself under Brilli's benign guidance. Um, And it all worked. The, The fact that it worked as spectacularly as it did and in such extraordinary bursts um can't really be explained much of that series was pretty boring this this you know the series we are going through however many days we've we've seen the cricket has been breathless all the way along that's not what happened in 1981 uh, much of it was was routine and, and, and fairly humdrum but when things happened, they happened suddenly and in in a way that was almost beyond belief. But it wasn't the characteristic of the series as a whole, not at all.
0: And um, obviously that made, um, like, got England's up to 2-1. And I guess at this point it kind of, it felt like it kind of mentally broke the Australians a little bit. Obviously we mentioned earlier about the Kerry Packer and World Series of Creed kind of breaking up uh the australians uh side with obviously rod marsh dennis Lilly coming over to play for the world series of cricket and obviously we talked about the the betting with Mm -hmm. 500 to one at the at the time um how much did especially this this test match the fourth test match show the fragilities of the australian team or did it at all
1: well i think there were tensions in the australian team which which obviously got uh um widen can you widen the tensions the the, the 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 tensions were worsened as things got badly uh hughes was operating without the full respect of his senior players um which is never a good sign whereas really by this point had everyone's respect so um that 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 was an issue and also i think on a tour once you go on an old-fashioned tour when the players are away for a long time not this ridiculous six week (laughs) six six week thing which is you know it's the, the the way this series is being played, it, it it's I mean it's almost impossible for you know even the spectator watching at home the the um, the pressure all the all, all, all the time of keeping up with everything, and that's when you're not at risk of being uh, bruised in every part of your body. But in those days, it was it, it, it was a much more languid kind of kind of thing you built you had a slow build up getting getting acclimatized getting into nick getting used to getting getting used to the differences of english wickets and then you went and then you went into test matches which were spaced at two or occasionally even three week gaps so the, the 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 tests the tests were big, big 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 events. The plus is that the players were much better prepared. The minus was that if things were going badly, uh, then uh, a, a, a sort of um, you know a sort of, sort of prison mentality could take over. Remember, there wasn't you know there were communications between England and Australia were, were quite primitive you could send messages by telex uh, telephones telephone calls from england or australia were expensive For travel was you know quite was 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 much less common wives and it would vary occasionally but generally wives were not on tour and you didn't you didn't have the opportunity to uh, to Skype your family every day and talk to your children and all this kind of thing. Uh, tours were were, were were fairly private in, 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 in that way. And people were away from their families and what went on on tour stayed on tour. So there were, it was a very, very different kind of experience and once you get to start losing a test series it becomes very very hard to get that back and the statistic that still holds that the only one team in the ashes has ever come back from two nil down and that was australia at home in 19, 19, in 1936 1937 is i think very telling that once you're on a tour that's going badly is incredibly difficult and much more difficult in those days psychologically to get uh, to get out of it because basically all you want is the thing to be over
0: and um just moving on to the the fifth test match um where both of them again kind of came to the come to the fray scoring um hundred and eighteen. Um and obviously people were comparing um this innings uh to headingleys. Obviously you said how Headingley's was a bit more of a a bit of a gung sling almost. And um especially someone Bob Willis said that the 118 uh at Old Trafford was better than the one four nine at Headingley. Would you would you I think you would pre- prescribe to that from what you've been telling me?
1: Well, I. W- Again, I, while that was while that was happening, I was watching some uh, 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 some county match, and I can't even remember who that was at the at the Oval. And that one, and because I was much busier that day, I, I, I um, and I don't remember that as having a TV a TV. Maybe no no we must have done. we must have done. There must have been a the TV there, but I didn't have the time to watch it. But the, 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 I think the consensus of everyone who was there and did see it would say that technically it was a much better image. I think I think that is, there is general agreement on that, but I can't verify that with my own eyes. Down the wicket, up go the arm, six more for Botham. A truly memorable, magnificent performance
0: by Ian Botham. This series is obviously known as Botham's Ashes. Um, do you think any series prior, especially prior, to that 1981 ashes said has had such an such an in, impact from an individual like botham was well it wasn't just botham
1: because you know brealy cemented his reputation S- slightly less true for uh, for bob willis uh, but you know, who is to some extent the forgotten man in the whole thing. Um, But Brearley's reputation for infallibility uh, was summed up by uh, a letter writer to The Guardian who said that, to the editor of The Guardian, September the 4th, 1981. Sir, on Friday, I watched J.M. Brearley directing his fieldsman very carefully. He then looked up at the sun and made a gesture which seemed to indicate that it should move a little squarer. Who is this man? Yours sincerely, S.A. Nicholas Gloucester. That, and, 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 and that reputation has never left him as being the, the, uh, the, the,
0: the magic worker. A drawn final test at the Oval meant that England won the sixth match series 3-1. After the series, Mike Brealey stepped down as England captain for the second time with Keith Fletcher taking over for the winter series in India, but England went on to lose that 1-0. As for Australia, Kim Hughes also stepped down as captain with Greg Chappell taking over. They returned home and bounced back to beat Pakistan 2-1 and the next winter regained the ashes of 8 83 beating England 2-1. Thank you to Matthew Engel for his insight into this episode. Next time I'll be discussing the 1984 England vs West Indies series. Thank you for listening to another episode of Iconic Tests.